This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. We're making magazines accessible for you. And right now, it is the turn of the Radio Times. The latest copy is in Yvonne's hands right now. We were flicking through it earlier and have selected a great article for you. And it's got a bit of an Antipodean theme. It's all about Dame Edna Everidge and Barry Humphreys. Tell us more, Yvonne. Yes, the interview's by Michael Hodges. And it's about Barry Humphreys, really. And he knows what it takes to survive as a housewife superstar and that's cut out booze and sport. Um, I'm interested in the things that have disappeared, says Barry Humphreys, as he lowers his stately behind into the BBC chair, revealing wildly odd socks and a pair of suede slip-on shoes with gold buckles that Prince might regard as racy. We're here to discuss Humphreys' Radio 2 series about the big band music and light opera he listened to as a boy in suburban Melbourne during and just before the Second World War. But the really interesting thing is that Humphreys himself hasn't disappeared. While contemporaries and friends like Peter Cook didn't get much beyond middle age, the Australian comic, raconteur, stage actor, author, book collector and dispenser of Bon Mo has bestridden our culture for nearly half a century. I was never drawn to sport, he says, settling into the seat after some huffing and puffing, to which I attribute my long life. It's that simple then. No tennis or cricket? Well, I suppose all those people were huge consumers of alcohol and I stopped drinking 45 years ago, so my continuation is largely due to that moment. Is Humphreys ever tempted, now he's got the tricky first 45 years out of the way, to pour himself just the cheekiest of gins? No, he says, when you see people who drink getting sick and bad-tempered and self-destructive, one feels dismayed, you know, depressed by it, and I have a very happy life. I mention as politely as I can that when he shed his fedora, scarf and flapping coat, the 81-year-old had revealed a few more pounds than he carried in his prime. The theatre is very good physical exercise, he says. I've put on weight since I stopped working on the stage. Stop working? Does that mean... Humphreys answers the question before I can ask it. You shouldn't believe any of Dame Edna's announced retirements, not for a second. Dame Edna Everidge, it's worth recalling, is the character that has served as the main vehicle for Humphreys' incisive and often uncomfortable wit since the Melbourne housewife superstar first appeared in public in 1954, to be joined later by the dipsomaniac Australian diplomat Sir Les Patterson. In fact, Edna has been around so long she's outlived her own model in Madame Tussauds. They had a very good Edna, says Humphreys, but it's not there anymore. I've been turned into the kneecaps of One Direction. (laughs) That's the worst sort of sorrow to be melted down at Madame Tussauds. They've really melted you down? No, they've shifted me to the Madame Tussauds in Amsterdam. That's not exactly an elevation, is it? I graciously accept these occasional disappointments, though they've probably got Adele there now. I sense Adele's warbling isn't Humphrey's idea of singing. Rather, he advocates the 1930s siren Hildegard, who had a beautiful voice and would play the piano in long white gloves. His show also features the tenor Richard Tauber, whose, Richard, whose records young Barry would play on a wind-up portable gramophone on a tree stump in the bush. Otherwise, as they awaited the Japanese bombers that never came, we'd tape cellophane to the windows to stop them from shattering, he says. The Humphreys family would listen to British comedians on the radio. I still have a soft spot for radio, he says. It's an intimate and flexible medium. You have to listen. Whereas the te- telly is kind of wallpaper. He wasn't, he he admits, a very Australian youth. There were no native trees, just English elms, silver birches, oaks. We had a picture of Churchill in the kitchen. 
He never encountered an Aborigine in Australia and only saw his first kangaroo in the flesh at London Zoo when he arrived in the late 1950s. He says his affinity with Englishness is professional as well as personal. My grandfather came from Manchester in the 1880s and I think of myself as a northern comedian. There's a northern tradition in this country. You don't think of great Berkshire comedians, but you do think of Yorkshire and Lancashire. The further north you go, the funnier the people are. Humphreys was an outrider for a wave of ultra-talented Australians that crashed onto the shores in the 1960s. I was a bit earlier than Clive James and Jermaine Greer, he says, but I think we all brought a critical eye. There was something quite smug about 1960s Britain, self-regarding. Our astringent views were salutary. That's an absolutely fascinating article. I couldn't get over the fact that he's 81 years old. I can't old. get over that either. 81. He's still very sharp, very funny. Yes. And I think that's uh, just working. You know, keeping working is is what's going to keep your mind active and so forth. Because he, he seemingly doesn't have any interest in retiring by the sounds of it. He, no. he wants to keep those characters, uh, yeah, alive and and relevant and still having a place on our radios or our TVs. And I think as long as uh, yeah, people are willing to consume and watch, he's the sort of guy that will just keep working. Well, I don't think he's dated. I don't think Dame Edna's mm. dated. No. Um, she still is as cerebic as ever. She really is. Yeah, which um, I just think it's, she was always wonderful, wasn't she? Because she used to really mm. bring, you know, she's had interview very, very famous people. Mm. And... Um, you know, bring them down to nothing. I know, I know. She had she had a certain way of, of doing that. I think it's quite an Australian thing as well to be quite direct and, and not, not stand on ceremony. And, we never and... noticed that with you. <laughs> it, there's, there's definitely a, a, a tall poppy syndrome in, in Australia, I find, that if anybody gets above a certain level too popular or too big for their boots sort of thing, then someone like Dame Edna will come along and cut them down and put them in their place. And I think, I think that's just an, a, a, an Australian way but he's never been that popular in Australia. Is that right? Yeah, he was. It's, it's kind of like Neighbours. It's more of an export that everybody in the UK is mad for it. But over in Australia, and I think there was. It's not so much Dame Edna, but one of his characters, Sir Les Patterson, yeah. which was mentioned in that, isn't. He's very Australian, and it's it's not a particularly positive reflection <laughs> no. of Australian characters. And I don't think that went down too well in some mainstream areas of. of of Australia. So, but, but thank you very much, Yvonne, for taking us through that article. Definitely made me reminisce about uh, Dame Edna in Australia and, and seeing some of her acts and jokes. She's an absolute character. So that was from the Radio Times. The brand new copy is out now. It's well worth a read. Some other great articles in there about Boy George being on The Voice. So yes, Radio Times. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out InsightRadio.co.uk